Welcome to the third episode of the third series of the Women in CX podcast, a series dedicated to real talk conversations between women in customer experience. Listen in as we share our career stories, relive the moments that shaped us, and voice our opinions as loudly as we like about all manner of CX subjects. I'll be your host, Claire Muskep, and in today's episode, I'll be talking to a woman who's led digital transformations for some of the world's best-known retail brands. Let me introduce you to today's inspiring guest. She started a career on the frontline service desk before progressing into IT and business analysis at House of Fraser. She then became a consultant specializing in e-commerce and led digital transformation efforts for brands including Selfridges, The White Company, New Look Debenhams, Michael Kors and TM Lewin. As an expert in her field, she now sits on the executive team as strategy director at Stan Commerce. Please welcome to the show, CX sister, Gita Samani. Hi, Gita. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Awesome. Great to see you today. And your cat tower. How's the cat? <laughs> Cat's fine, thank you. She's hiding under the bed. Oh, yeah. Um, mine always hides whenever there's anything noisy going on. So, yeah, <laughs> hopefully won't make an appearance just now. So I'm going to warm you up with a gentle question to, to introduce you to the Women in CX podcast. Just to tell us a little bit about yourself and your connection with customer experience. Thank you. Um, my connection with customer experience. So I think we're all customers to start with um so it's not difficult to have a connection with customer experience but i guess my uh my first foray into this was like more than 20 years ago when i started working for house of fraser and retail mm. so um when you're working in retail customer experience is at the forefront of of everything and everything every decision back in those days and i say back in those days back in the 90s <laughs> you know all pre-digital um you know the customer experience about what was in store and and how you supported that but not only is it about that it's also about internal customer experience mm -hmm. as well and i didn't necessarily have a an outward facing role but i did have an internal facing role and um, one of my roles was to support um was to support it was a it was on a help desk I started with you know on a help desk mm. and customer experience or being on a help desk is actually you're servicing your customers mm. so um you know it's been inherent in me from I guess the first, one of my earliest roles and ever since then I've um, moved in and in, in that space in retail and then into digital and e-commerce and with every iteration of my career customer experience has obviously played a big part in that um not just for the end retailer or the end consumer I should say um you know what's important to me about customer experience so many things how do you want to lead how do you want your customers to remember you how do you want your um people that you interact with to remember you and it that's just the start of it it can be anything from how you receive a package to how you greet someone at the shop door, to how you um, respond on a telephone or an email. Mm. And there, there's just so many different ways that customer experience can be brought into your day-to-day -day world that it, 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 it is now inherent in everything that we think about. Mm, interesting sorry I know that's a bit of a long answer oh no no it's fine we love we love long answers at women in CX um but you had like several roles in like digital transformation director of digital transformation uh lots of contracting roles where you would come in and 
kind of re-engineer um, online retailers in, in, in their entirety and I saw you do it at places like Michael Kors wasn't it was one the white company so many amazing brands um and and in terms of kind of like taking that step from the retail world servicing internal customers and then going into very technical roles as a, as a woman in technology um I just wondered like if we could chat a little bit around digital transformation because mm -hmm. For me, it's problematic to customer experience a lot of the time because what I see happening frequently is technology-led decisions that are made to answer operational or business problems, but seldom um, are the technologies selected and organized in a way that delivers more value for customers and employees. I just wondered as an expert in this area, um, if you could give us some insight into how we can challenge that and ensure that customer experience isn't just an output of a range of technologies and is something that's designed to deliver value. Absolutely. Um, it's really interesting. I think my career, starting with the help desk, um, you know, my <laughs> career, um, it moved me actually into IT um, and I was a business analyst and a business analyst is somebody who, you know, takes a, a business's requirements to then outline technical solutions for them. Um, and that's where I think I probably really gained that real interest in making sure that we were delivering solutions that were right for the business mm. and ensuring thinking about what the business needs are, what their objectives are in order to ensure the technology matches, as opposed to thinking, here's the technology, how can we make it retrofit to mm. what we need? Mm -hmm. Because IT have made a decision. Mm -hmm. And I think that involvement of my thinking and my career in that space has really helped me in all the roles that I've done and I've 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 worked alongside tech in every role that I've played um I even married one of them <laughs> which who I met at the white company <laughs> and he was you know he was my architect and my my business head mm. and um and but they they do come hand in hand having the hat on of the business and the consumer mm. is so super important when thinking about CX um, ensuring you have the influence and um, acumen to be able to drive those decisions with technology because they do have a strong voice. Mm. Um, you know, I've, I found in my career, which has spanned over 20 years, that it used to be very, very tech-led. It then got very business-led and it now, it's now going into that tech-led again with headless and, you know, those types of different types of technology. Mm. Um, but do they deliver against a business need or do they deliver against a tech need? Mm. And these are questions that I love to delve into with clients um, where they say, oh, we've selected this platform. I'm like, hold on, take a step back. You've selected something, but you tell us what your business problem is or tell us what you're, um, what you're trying to achieve. Then let's see if that technology is right for you and your business and your team mm. and how you want to operate. Because that is so important in digital transformation. Mm. So, it's it, I guess it comes with experience I've in every role that I've done you're you know I have worked at the white company which is where I met my husband um we'll come Michael back to Kors, that shortly <laughs> where uh, Michael Kors um where I was um a director of e-commerce and operations as part of a um as, as part of a project team to implement the European um digital experience and that you know, customer experience spanned from fulfillment to marketing to customer service. And we were launching, you know, the US had, North America had um, 
a US site and a Canadian site in English and the Canadian one was in French. We were launching, you know, five sites or six sites in five different languages, six different currencies, something like that. Um, but then how do you ensure that the experience that you want to drive as Michael Kors actually is reflected in all the customer touch points that happen, whether that be if you phone up a call center and um, you know you respond in German or in Spanish, or you receive your packaging and all your packaging information is in German or Spanish because you that's how you've placed your order. All those touch points of ensuring that proposition is met with the right experience, I strive for that in all my engagements. Mm. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I, another long answer. Yeah, because I'm apologizing. It's all good. Um, I was just thinking I wanted to unpick a couple of things that you said there. And first of all, I was going to ask you a question around when it comes to the business or the, the stakeholders, you know, when you're kind of challenging why that technology, what is it that's driving them to pick a technology first rather than think about the business challenge or the customer experience that they want to create? Why do they do that? Sometimes it's, I mean, I, to be honest, I don't, I don't really know. I mean, when, when we, when we're doing, um, you know, historically, when I've been involved in doing platform selections or, yeah. or anything like that, I've always made sure that the understanding the people doing the job, mm. who's going to use, who are going to use the platform have the input required as opposed to the e-com director or the IT director Great that point. are, making those decisions yeah. where they're never going to use the platform they're not going to yeah. come out of Monday trade and say right we need to do this promotion or we need to drive this or you know and actually someone has to execute on that mm -hmm. so ensuring that the right people are in the room is, is so important and 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 therefore you know your point around why do you think it is so tech-led mm -hmm. there are so many advances in tech mm -hmm. but and tech companies you know Uber is a tech company, but actually it's a cab company, but it's a tech company. But so many tech companies are driven by the tech. And therefore, when you when you get someone in front of you selling you the tech, then you mm. think, OK, that's great. But let me really go back inside to my business to understand, is that right for my mm. business? Mm. And that's what's super important. Yeah, I think it's super interesting because like you said, you know, you came from that business analysis route originally. So that grounding in kind of collecting requirements based on business needs has really obviously um, meant that as you've moved through the levels, you've been able yeah. to maintain that perspective on it. Do you think, I, I think it's sometimes like the next shiny thing. So I know of a lot of examples, I'm not going to mention them, but um, where kind of the, the, the IT level directors and that side of the team are looking at capabilities that they want to employ. So like machine learning, advanced artificial intelligence, all that kind of thing. But actually, the, the customer experience challenges are so, so much more simple than that that need to yeah. be resolved before they think about how they can use artificial intelligence to drive superior experiences. You pointed out, you know, kind of call centers, fulfillment, uh, packaging. You, know, you gave loads of examples with the online retail experience. So I think it's sometimes like it's the shiny distraction, isn't it? Of this all sounds like capabilities we need for the future and what we could do with that. But actually, is it what you need right now? And <laughs> and is it going to? Yeah. Absolutely. And I think it's also with, you know, the drive to we need to be more agile and therefore we need to have, you know, this type of team set up in mm. order to be able to do agile. And we need to have this type of technology to enable us to be able to do that. Yeah. And and it comes in that kind of 
you know with that kind of thinking but you're right it is about the next new shiny thing and there are so many new shiny things um but when you find you know a technology that is going to be right for your customer mm. um then you know then it is a bit of a game changer actually and that and you know it, it makes a huge difference to how a business will operate when a technology can support all elements of the business not just technology yeah I, I completely agree it's an enabler and an underpinning of yeah. what you're able to do isn't it not the other way around but for some reason I think because as you say the advances and everything is moving so rapidly it has become the lead on some of these things and as a result the integration challenges that businesses experience that have another knock-on impact on the customer and sometimes the length of time it takes to implement some of those transformations by the time they actually get there, it wasn't what the customer needed or wanted in the first yeah, place. So, the so many things have been, we've gone with M- MVP, <laughs> stuff's been de-scoped, mm-hmm. really can't go live with that. Well, you know, and, mm-hmm. you know, are you set up as a business to ensure that you're ever evolving that mm-hmm. customer experience through the technologies that you have and optimizing them? Um, that's all part of digital transformation, not just getting the product in, mm-hmm. but, you know, evolving it, learning, testing, learning. Um, always um, evolving that whole um, experience mm-hmm. and capabilities for the consumer. Yeah, and because I, ultimately, I, it's all about retention of the consumer in your customer experience. <laughs> yeah, and I love the fact that you said, you know, even as a digital transformation director, you were thinking about, well, what is this end-to-end customer experience? And even though we might be changing a piece of technology that impacts communications and fulfillment, actually, how does uh, that translate to the vision we want to create as an experience across all of those touch points and channels and I, I'd love to hear more uh, digital and transformation directors talking about that kind of thing so thank you for that well I wasn't a digital transformation director that wasn't my title <laughs> so I'm sorry what was it what so um, that was yeah I was um uh, director of e-commerce and operations at Michael Kors whereby sorry. but I was no but it's fine <laughs> um it you know it was a huge transformation program. Um, the US had delivered what they needed to do, but you know the European platform and experience was an 18 month project mm. to get it right. Mm. And they, they take time, mm. they take um, money in terms of expense uh, to get the right team in place. You know, you can't expect business as usual teams to undertake a digital transformation, mm. you know, and you need that top-down buy-in to ensure that your business is bought into actually what your end goal is mm. and that end goal is to you know was to extend reach into Europe and but it needed all those tick boxes um all those exercises you know those points of you know that definitely had top-down buy-in definitely had the right team in place wasn't a business as usual team because mm. you would not succeed with with enabling uh, with doing that because it's unfair and that leads to burnout and therefore you don't you don't get the right results you'll end up sacrificing on something and um and therefore it's so super important to have you know the right structures and right um right out outline the plan ahead of time to ensure that you can cover what you're you know biting off before you can chew <laughs> I, I get you yeah and having an agile way of working means it has to sit outside of the BAE team doesn't it and yeah. people brought together especially to do this project so they can focus on it and and make these changes happen um you mentioned a word there burnout Ooh. <laughs> um I know you, I'm familiar with <laughs> yeah I know because you because you and I uh we've known each other a little while now because this is 
the fourth time we've tried to record this podcast and last time we spoke you and I were both in exactly the same place of burnout weren't we we were we met and we were like right let's do this and both of us were like I really can't I just don't have it in me (laughs) um I think I tried to fob off my tears or my runny eyes with a hay fever (laughs) oh (laughs) well no it's good because we were able to be honest with each other about how we were feeling and I, I know on that day you know being able to recognize the same symptoms in one another but to see that reflected back yeah was really powerful because I think like in my internal world I sometimes feel like I'm the only person in the world that feels the way that I do and works the way I do but I don't really know another way to be because I've always worked that way so um yeah I just thought it'd be good for us to kind of bring this out into the open something <laughs> I, think it, I think it's, it, it is great and you know um you cannot underestimate one I mean I I think this is probably synonymous with the way that I've operated throughout my career but you cannot underestimate this last 18 months that we've all had Mm -hmm. and the whole world has shared in this you know the whole world has actually it's not you know the whole world it will talk about the pandemic (laughs) you know it's it's not something that just hit Mm -hmm. um, certain countries and the and what that means is you know we've all been working from home we've all been you know, where a conversation in the office could just be had in a corridor, you're all of a sudden got a half an hour meeting booked in your diary to have something that could just be a, like a very quick five minute conversation. And then all of a sudden your diary gets back to back and you don't have time to go to the bathroom and you don't have time to have lunch. And it becomes overwhelming. It really does. And I think I'm probably a, I'm probably a, a what's the word? I can't think of the right word but uh, you know it's probably my own fault (laughs) that I'm like that uh, because one I probably like to be in the know of so many things and keep my finger in many pies um, ensuring that you know that we're trying to do the best that we can in everything that we do but there is a limit to how much you can do that and then actually do work Mm. at the same time when I say do work actually physically produce deliverables and drive um, certain initiatives forward and it, I think it just got too much for me at the time, mm-hmm. really did. I, I couldn't control my diary. I, and yeah, it was just all a bit much. And I think when we, when we spoke, as you said, you recognized it in yourself as well, when we both sat here and we're like, and we just literally breathed, we just breathed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And we just, and mm-hmm. I think that was, so important to realize that it's not just it's not just yourself mm-hmm. there are other women out there or people out there not mm-hmm. just women but there are uh, you know there are people out there who are feeling this way because they are striving for so much mm-hmm. and you know I do think it's a symptom of my own making that I am a bit of a perfectionist and I like to make sure that everything is right and everything is done properly and mm-hmm. I do mm-hmm. get slightly irritated when that happened, when it doesn't happen and, you know, something that I've been called up on. So, um, <laughs> but, you know, sometimes you just have to let the small things go and you have to look at the big picture and you have to say what's really important. Yeah, I, I've battled with perfectionism my whole life. We won't go into kind of where these things come from, but it, it definitely happens, I think, at a very young age where somehow you're conditioned to think that, you know, that the, re- the results and like the hard work that you put in and the reward you get at the end is what you push yourself so hard for. 
Um, but you know, just picking up on some of the language you use there, I'm the same, like internalizing it. It's my fault. I've done this to myself. But then that's like punishing in its own right, isn't it? Yeah, it is. That's another example of like why we end up pushing ourselves to the point of burnout and exhaustion because we can't take that step back and go actually you don't need to do this it's all going to be okay like you don't have to you know go to the point of exhaustion and for me I just wanted to share an experience of of just the last week obviously I've been leading a startup for the first time in my life and spent six months pretty much working seven days a week 15 hour days and it's unsurprising that my physical and mental health suffered and at the point you and I had that little moment of I can't do this was um was a couple of weeks ago and I realized that actually the only thing I can do in that situation when I feel like that is actually to stop literally stop and um and that yes there's a huge fear the world will crumble if I'm not doing all of this stuff but what I've discovered is it doesn't actually things carry on quite <laughs> quite normally <laughs> without such a big input from from me and actually being able to just prioritize a smaller number of things or priorities and just say we're just going to do these things or I'm just going to do these things really well so it means I have a, a really untidy house when I've, I've got a deadline to meet but that's okay whereas I think before I was just trying to do everything perfectly all of the time um but but it is important to raise this and share this that actually um you're not alone if you're feeling perfectionism you're not alone if you're feeling burnout but the key message stop <laughs> stop stop <laughs> definitely stop take time out take some me time and it's mm. been so difficult for people to have me time in lockdown because mm. where do you go yeah <laughs> you know it's like the shops weren't open you can't just go and have a mooch around Selfridges you know you mm. just couldn't do that um and which is what I like to do but <laughs> don't meet around Selfridges oh don't we all <laughs> I mean you know bags yeah I suppose for a lot of people that I think you're right with that connection with lockdown actually um, I think many of us, I mean, I did, you know, take, took on bigger projects or like, you know, I started a whole new business during a pandemic. I know other people that started, you know, I'm going to write a book at this point. And I think it was, you know, a bit of a distraction from the reality of being locked down with the world seemingly going to hell in a handbasket. <laughs> um, and that additional pressure, as you pointed out in the kind of the middle of this podcast was, that yeah everything isn't okay around us but as perfectionists that put you know put, put ourselves into work probably when we're already under pressure it kind of multiplies <laughs> the impact yes it does and, and it I, does we can only keep focusing like you said for so long until eventually phew, something has to give and unfortunately on on that day it was <laughs> both of us <laughs> both of us yeah the little the little emotional straw that broke the camel's back so just to bring us home then I, I, I talked quite a lot there and this is your podcast episode apologies for that no no <laughs> not at all I think it's, it's I think that the point is that it's great that you know we're able to share these experiences because we are not alone and I'm sure it's absolutely normal when people will listen to this that they're thinking the same so so, so someone who's like suffering similarly to me and trying to find these ways of of stopping I go and ride my, my horse. I actually, this week I volunteered for three days to just go and do like mucking out for other people and look after their horses because having that time away from this, this you know, the desk, <laughs> the office, it, it re-energizes me and it changes the, the way I feel. Yes, it's something else to do, but it changes the whole dynamic of my day by going and doing something else, not just trying to sit here and, yeah. and keep hammering through. What are you doing to help yourself? 
Well, there's a couple of things, actually. And I think, um, you know, my husband and I, we definitely love our holidays. We really do. And we've really missed that mm. um, during this time. And it's been very difficult in terms of, you know, like I said, having me time. Um, but I, you know, that that day that we last spoke about when we when I had my little when I had my little challenge um you know I I literally took time out I I just stopped mm. you just have to stop mm. and you do you you have to take the time out whether or not that's you know sitting reading a book or going for a walk or whatever it is but in for in terms of longevity you know making sure that you always have some time for some me time and non-work thinking time I'm very driven by what I do and I love what I do but I know I have to switch off and I know that going on a spa day or going on holiday or whatever it is 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 going to help that and I have been um well, you know I have been getting out and trying to do some more walking but I went through a lot of winter literally just sat at my desk and not getting mm. out and mm. it's very difficult mm. and you just have to take a step away from your desk mm. and think mm. about yourself yeah be a bit selfish yeah yeah but it's, it's it's selfish but in this like strange way that I feel uncomfortable being selfish for some reason yeah. I don't really understand it but it's not being selfish it's caring about yourself caring about yourself and if you don't prioritize that you can't be there to serve everyone and deliver amazing projects and change the world <laughs> but I don't Definitely know why I'm today years older and just realizing this but I'm I know as you said we're not alone well anyway Gita it's been awesome to have you if you could leave the women in CX that are listening one piece of advice what, what would you say that would be for them always think about the customer but remember yourself, you are a customer to someone somewhere. So what does customer experience mean to you? Think about yourself. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean that in a selfish way. <laughs> I mean that look after yourself in that way, because we get to where we are and what we can achieve because of where we've come from. Mm -hmm. And um, you should never forget that because, you know, this body and your mind has brought you to where you are. So never forget yourself. Mm, love it well I know you're going to a spa this weekend so I'm very jealous I hope you have a lovely time and yeah keep looking after yourself <laughs> thank you everyone and you for too and get, yeah. some, get some more riding get some, in. get some more riding and some rest <laughs> thanks yeah. ever so much for joining us today and I'll see you soon bye thank you bye thanks for listening to the women in cx podcast with me clan Busket. If you enjoyed the show, please drop us a like, subscribe and leave a review on whichever platform you're listening or watching on. And if you want to know more, please join us at womenincx.community and follow the Women in CX page on LinkedIn. Join us again next week where I'll be talking to a woman who's leading customer experience at Uber and discussing the evolution of platform-based business CX. See you all next week.